0: This podcast is brought to you by Hashtag Van Life, because I am recording this podcast from our camper van. Okay, in this podcast, I'd like to talk about the lifespan perspective as it relates to developmental psychology, and for those taking an introductory to developmental psychology course. And what's unique about this particular perspective is that, unlike other perhaps psychological theories and approaches, or fields, developmental psychologists are attempting to study every aspect of the lifespan, covering all phases of life. In this early stage of understanding lifespan psychology, I want to, in this podcast, highlight a few concepts related to this uh, lifespan perspective or point of view. For example, chronological age. Now, we all know that the number of how old we are doesn't mean everything but it is a significant factor for understanding many aspects of our behavior in terms of our mental development our height when we hit puberty when we retire from our the workforce right so for every individual we may hit those stages at a different point but it's still as a developmental psychologist they would want to still put people into these kinds of chronological groups so it's very common for a developmental psychology textbook to divide our lifespan into infancy up to two years of age then early childhood between 2 and 6 middle childhood between 6 and 11 adolescence from 11 to 18 emerging adulthood from 18 to 25 and that might be uh, listed differently in different textbooks then adulthood That's the bulk from 25 to 65, and then late adulthood, the golden years from 65 and above. So again, age doesn't mean everything, but it still means something. Uh, One way to look at our chronological age is to think about the word cohorts. That's another concept I wanna highlight. It's related to age. I mean, you've heard of these different labels for different generations. Technically my older sister, just three years older than me, is a boomer, but yet I am not, right? Does that mean that her entire life experience was different than mine? And I think I'm a Gen Xer, and our daughter is, let's see, what would she be? She's not a millennial, so I think she's a Gen Z. Um, She's 17 at the time of this recording. And so what do these generations really mean, right? Uh, A cohort has to do with people around your same age range, who've been through something similar historically, time-wise, or a similar experience, maybe through a political revolution or a significant world event like 9-11, right? So the younger folks don't have an impression of that, but those of us about my age or a little bit younger, that was a significant transformational event. Those who experienced world wars or fought in wars, right, Um, or the Great Depression, and the younger group that's growing up in the digital age. Our daughter grew up in the age of always having internet, of music always being digital. For her, looking at a cassette tape is kind of like, uh, what do I do with this plastic thing? So what's the point? The point is, is that developmental researchers have to draw a line somewhere when we when it comes to comparing different generations or comparing different age ranges in terms of our behavior or the way we think. So that's what researchers mean as a cohort. So that's a term that we'll see a lot in this course. Uh, Another term that's talked about a lot in this course is the term social construction. Okay, There are things in our lives that are constructed by society. For example, culture is a social construct and is just fabricated or made up in terms of what these cultural norms are. In Asia, many cultures use chopsticks, right? That's a human invention. Whereas the social norm in the West is to use spoons and forks, for example. Now, these are general generalizations, but they're somewhat true in a sense of what's considered normal in one place or another, right? So, uh, social construction helps to create norms for behavior, driving on the right versus driving on the left right what's considered appropriate what's appropriate social distance when you stand next to someone right Uh, what's a proper greeting or a gesture all of these things are determined by culture but yet they're constructed by society there's nothing inborn about them or biological about a handshake right Uh, in some cultures they don't use handshakes they may bow for example but one note of concern though don't confuse the norm from social norm as meaning normal. Now, if you do hear the word normal, it actually refers to being statistically normal. That is the most common or the average way of doing things or behaving. It doesn't mean, always mean the correct way. So we don't wanna assume that something that's out of the social norm as being abnormal or wrong. Okay, so this goes to another mindset that's related to Lifespan perspective, that is, something that is different equals a deficit. So this is called the difference equals deficit error. That is, we perceive something as different as being inferior. Oh, that's a different way of doing things? Well, the old way or the the way I understand it must be superior. And this is very important when we study different cultures or having a multicultural perspective on things, is to understand that what's the social norm in one environment or within one ethnicity or culture uh, is not necessarily better or worse than the way another ethnicity or culture does things. Now, in some respects, some ways may be superior or if we have to say efficient, more efficient or more practical, right? So it, it doesn't always mean good or bad. So for example, in Asia, during the hot summer months, you'll see a lot of people, depending on what country you're in, of course, Taiwan or Thailand, people are covered up, maybe working in uh, agriculture, right? With a hat, long sleeves, gloves, their entire body's covered up in this hot environment. And everyday people maybe walking down the street may also be wearing long pants and long sleeves. Now, someone from the West might think, God, this is so hot, why don't they just wear a tank top and shorts and flip flops, right? And so if you're traveling through Thailand, you'll see a stark difference between how locals dress, mostly covered up, not all, and then how Western tourists dress, which is showing a lot of skin because that's how you dress when it's very hot, right? So it's not one that's superior or inferior. Those who dress in tank tops and short sleeves would have to use Uh, a lot of sunscreen right but those who wear hats and wear long sleeve pants and shirts don't have to use sunscreen so there's it's up to you to argue which is the better way right they're just different now I also want to talk about how developmental psychology is multidisciplinary now for those of you working in a hospital you've probably heard that term before right It means multiple disciplines or multiple professions. Now in this case, in lifespan perspective, we're talking about different points of view. So in Kathleen Berger's textbooks, which I tend to use for lifespan, each chronological group, let's say infancy, will be divided up into three separate chapters. There's gonna be a chapter in biology. For example, what's the typical growth rate for infants Uh, brain development during infancy. Then the next chapter is going to be cognitive development, right? How does uh, the the infant's mind, what are they able to perceive in their their mind, language development as part of cognitive psychology. And then the third chapter is going to be psychosocial. This has to do with our social environment. So maybe attachment, right? How does an infant uh, develop given different types of parenting? Okay, or family structures, right? So this is what it meant by multidisciplinary. And what I really like about Kathleen Berger's textbooks, not that I'm selling it, well, I guess I kind of am using it, so she's making money off of it, <laughs> is that um, the book is organized by these eight age groups and these three chapters per age group, right? So this course is organized in a very organized fashion that way. Okay, that's a very brief overview of just highlighting some of the ideas that you'll see in terms of understanding a lifespan course, and these are the same kinds of ideas and concepts you'll be using throughout a lifespan course. there thanks for listening to this podcast today can you do me a big favor um just so that this podcast gets heard by more students of psychology and other people interested in the field uh, go to apple Podcasts and put a little rating there if you like and uh, a brief um review okay and you can also contact me directly using the links in the description whether it's twitter or email with any suggestions or feedback that you may have to make the show better and uh, if there are any topics you want me to talk about i can add them and if you want to support me by buying me a coffee the methods are listed in the description as well again thanks and have a great day